0: Welcome back to another episode of Bopcast, where I interview artists, rappers, entrepreneurs, actors, you name it. Anybody with an interesting story to tell who is pursuing their dreams regardless of what anybody else says. And our guest today fits this mold. His name is John Frank, also known as Dirty Dank, also known as Dank, also known as Chico. You may know him by any of these names, and I met him at the Vault Music Studio a few years ago. I've talked about the Vault many times, and you can even watch our interview with the founder of the Vault, Tyler Oak, or the co founder, Gabby. We've interviewed both of them. But with that, being said, today's interview is about John and John's story. His life journey is incredible, and it starts with a cancer diagnosis at 19 years old. So I'll leave you here with that, and I just want you to know that What you see here today is his personality. He is extremely passionate about what he's talking about. This is not a front. This is not a facade at all. This is 100% him in his element, in his zone. And that's what we were really trying to achieve with this interview. So thank you for watching. This show is 100% listener supported, meaning the only way it grows is if you share it. Just a simple share on your social media account is all we ask if you enjoyed the episode. So thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate it. And please enjoy this interview. With John Frank, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Bobcast. Today on the show, I got my guy. He's got many names. Um, long overdue, years overdue for this podcast. Dirty Dank, New Jersey, Dank Chico, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me. I gotta say a couple things before we start rolling. You have some, you just got, uh, a unique energy, I feel like. You know, you got like this kind of sheer energy when you're around we we're talking about it off camera. Just when people are around you, they, they wanna they wanna know you're not even selling anything, but they just want to buy something from you. Correct. And <laughs> they're like Correct. I gotta either hang out with this guy or I gotta just see what he's about, you know? But I think a lot of that comes from maybe I'm wrong, but this is somewhat of a transition into your life story. It has to be through your experiences. And it's pretty similar to how a you know comedian say has a difficult life, and then that translates into them, you know, really having the side of them, this humorous side, right? It's like you gotta go through the shit to have perspective in life. And so you gotta wanna... fuck around if you wanna find out. That's it, dude. <laughs> dude, that's it. Perfect start, dude. I appreciate you doing this. If you could, just so we could set a little context so I can stop talking, you know, where did this whole, like, where did this all start, man? We don't have to go back to childhood, we don't have sure, to go sure. back that far, but um you, you off camera we mentioned recovery you yep. mentioned um you've been through a lot in this life man sure. so i'm gonna leave it to you where you want to start but i do want to go back a little bit whether it's five years 10 years 15 yeah. whatever it is if you don't mind no I'd love for to sure start there.
1: absolutely well what's up i appreciate you man this Anything. is so cool man i'm excited bro um well, let's see. Let's just talk about a little context from where I came from. Uh, born and raised in the great state of New Jersey. What's up? The Garden State. Uh, I was born at Somerset, you know, Somerville. Uh had a great childhood. I was actually born there, too. Oh, hell yeah, yep. bro.
0: Rock on, man. Let's go.
1: Um, born brothers. And, you know, life had some cool curveballs to throw at me. Um, skip the childhood, go to like high school ish. Um, I had twenty-five division one like schools, division two schools all looking at me for sports, athletics, stuff like that. How tall are you? I'm six seven, about three ten. In high school, I was six six, three seventy. I ran a four nine forty, I benched two twenty-five, thirty-one reps. Uh I could run backwards faster than most men could run forwards. Um, and it was like, I looked like a freak of nature because, you know, I'm a big yep. freaking dude who is insanely agile. And, you know, I was a second string punter, right? I had two jerseys. Right. I had to have a, a jersey to receive, and I had to have a jersey to be a lineman, right? So it was, it was, it was fun being that multifaceted, multi talented person back then. Yep. Um, But yeah, at the end of high school, um, as I was getting ready to go into the real world, you could say, I, uh, got diagnosed with cancer. Um, it was bizarre. Uh, you know, I lived a very clean, healthy life. I drank, you know, good, you know, water. I had milk and steaks and broccoli and, uh, but it was alcohol. I was binge drinking on alcohol with the friends. Uh, wasn't, I wouldn't say I was an alcoholic or anything, but, uh, it turned out one night at a, a party where I was celebrating going to college, uh, Michigan was taking a look at me and I was thinking about, you know, signing up there. I ended up waking up in the morning after binge drinking um, with my right testicle, the size of a golf ball, uh, a softball. Uh, My right leg had been blown up all the way down and I had no explanation. Like overnight, this happened Uh, after 10 days in the hospital. They came back and just said, hey, dude, listen, you've got you got lymphoma. Uh, alcohol apparently is way more carcinogenic than cigarettes. Uh, and it exacerbated a tumor that was already in there and it caused it to create an edema. So all the liquid was pumping into my leg and nothing was coming out. And, uh, that just started a, a very interesting part of my life because, uh, it started my, my resentment of God. It started my, um, unwinding of wanting to follow this path that everybody was following like you go to school you do this it's like wait a minute you're 18 years old and you're told you're going to be dead in six months what
0: oh okay so that they told you (laughs) my next question was what did they tell you
1: so the prognosis was you're going to die this is going to spread and you know it's a stage two non-hodgkin's lymphoma large b-cell intermediate growth and if it was left untreated six to nine months it could have metastasized it could have you know, because they had done an appendectomy and apparently from what they explained, I guess cutting open and exposing a lymphatic tumor uh, can cause it to spread. So I had that surgery and subsequently that's when the tumor did spread. So I think it was a combination maybe of having my appendix out, which was a false append. There was nothing. It was actually the tumor behind it that was causing the pain. So they took my appendix out for no reason at, uh, at Muehlenberg hospital. It was horrible. And, uh, yeah, three months later I was diagnosed with cancer.
0: Oh my God. And you're 18,
1: 18 years old. And I have scholarship offers to go to dream schools. And
0: so what do you do? Like the next day, like, what do you do immediately,
1: man? Um, you, do you
0: have family around you? Yeah. My my
1: mom, my my grandma screamed and fell on her knees saying, God, give it to me. Like why my mom was crying hysterically and I'm sitting in the room just like in disbelief. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember I didn't react. I didn't react. I I didn't react. It didn't seem real. You know,
0: how could it? Yeah. Like I was like, wait a minute. I I, barely even know what life is.
1: And I had just backtracked that Uh, the year prior. I had just gotten a a knee surgery that was insane. I, uh, my patella tendon ripped off my growth plate. I tore my ACL, my MCL. I blew out my cruciates. I lost 30% of the cartilage and I had it all reattached, put together by the Detroit Lions orthopedic surgeon at tri-county orthopedics in Morristown, New Jersey uh i think it was like i worked on oral palmer too um mm. the point is i went from running slow 40s to running faster he did a job where he made me stronger and faster oh God. Yeah. took about seven to nine months and that's for-
0: happening a lot now too with the, especially with knees they're they're a lot yes. more uh, uh high tech now
1: yeah. yeah but i also have to worry you know my size they always told me it's like when you go down the knee replacement road be prepared every five years and also
0: for the i mean if you're if you do work on one side that's it's not like that. It only affects one side. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, you're, you know, you get this diagnosis. Yep. So what is the next like few years of your like? How does this end up playing out? Cause you have all these offers. Correct. You think your life is going to go one way. And Oh, and, plus
1: and I forgot to tell you, I was like, okay. uh, preparing to be a Mormon missionary uh, so I was yeah where does that come in your
0: parents are Mormon <laughs> yeah your so okay. I was I was
1: born into not a lot of
0: Mormons in New Jersey or am I wrong a lot of Mormons here. okay oh, yeah. Okay. there's a lot yeah. I wouldn't know dude you no know, for sure I for a sure Catholic, Irish Catholic and, and, and
1: it, it, it is uh, to the point it was a very wonderful way to grow up and learn about family you know TV's off on Mondays family home evening you I know you that. have to sit down play games ed, you know edify build talk what's going on so there was a lot of cool family principles in that but yeah, so I was going through this as well uh, to the point of where the resentment for God came in as I got this. It's like, wait a minute. I'm ready to sacrifice two years of my life to go minister and, and preach about a testimony that I don't even know if I really have. But I'm willing to do it. But wait a minute. Yep. You know, you've got cancer.
0: Mm. <laughs> God, and, and it's kind of that thing that people say when something absolutely terrible happens and you do have faith, it's like, how could this happen? Correct. And I don't know the answer, man. I kind of, you know, I'm I'm definitely not an atheist, probably more agnostic than anything. Mm-hmm. Really like what you said about Mormonism though and the fact that it's the principles like sure. that's why I love religion Correct. Is because I love learning about all of the different it's it's a lot You've of the same find
1: the lessons like to
0: you yep 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 but it does feel like that so what determination do you make then do you go <laughs> do you go are you now okay I don't believe in this anymore well,
1: the 18 the year old John
0: yes yeah I totally, totally. very like, like rapidly most 18, disconnected like I did at 16 yeah exactly
1: yep. I disconnected and this was my absolute dinner bell for hedonism Mm. This was I'm I'm 18 I'm gonna die, we're gonna go ripping and running and I I'm not I'm not ashamed to say, uh, the pity the 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 pity pee, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool like I really like girls who had cr- like I had crushes on who I didn't know were coming to the hospital to visit me to say goodbye like every like the school got heard that I was dying my high school so like all these kids would come and see me at school and girls would kiss me and I don't know I like I love you and I, but, 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 I'm like, all right, let's go over here. You know? <laughs> you gotta show track. me show me how much you love me. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah, come on, you're nineteen.
1: But um to the point it was just like I didn't know if I was gonna live, man. I didn't know what was gonna be experienced and when you start to live like that, it's FOMO. Like everybody, this FOMO term came around recently, but like back in 2002, 2001, when I was going, that wasn't like a term like you heard, but that's what happened to me. I, I had a fear of missing out now because this immortality that we all feel as young children and teens and stuff, it got shattered. It was gone.
0: It's like, you are very mortal and you're going to die and you could die now. But you and you believed it 100%. There was nothing in you though that was like, maybe this isn't true, correct? Yeah, y- no, and, and I would the too. guy walked in and he goes, yeah. I'm
1: one of the leading specialists on earth, 100%. Right? Yep, and then I got a second opinion from Dr. Oh. Robert Bertoli, god rest his soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the leading specialist out of Robert Wood Johnson, and he was a Marine, and there was a waiting list. To get him seen, but my grandfather, who was a Marine, ended up using his Marine Corps League connections and got me bumped into an appointment where he was able to review my PET scan, my positronic emission topography, and he was able to say, no, listen, stop, go this way, do this, and that was what we did, and lo and behold, I'm in remission. So... When, how far later? Um... It was nine months of high-dose chemotherapy and 33 radiation so treatments. How, so how was chemo? Chemo is awful, and I will never do it again. I told myself I would take a bullet versus chemo. Chemotherapy essentially is the great lie where most people feel that it is uh, medicine. It is actually poison. And on the bag, it actually says, like, don't let this touch your skin. Don't handle it. Like, and it's like, wait a minute. You're, gonna be, you're putting that in my vein." The cyt Adriamycin, cytoxin, vincristine, rituxin, rituxin stopped my heart. I I was getting um. They used to administer it in a in two giant needles. I was maybe it was a vincristine. They used to do these pushes, and I just remember they're pushing, and all of a sudden I started shaking, and I passed out, and I woke up with doctors around me and AED on my chest, and they're like, "We got him back." I'm like, "What?" They're like, "Oh, you had a really adverse reaction to the antibody or antibodies or something happened and it stopped your heart." You know, And we have to go slower as we're pushing this medicine next time. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't want this anymore. And then it, it, it devolved from there to the point where you lose your taste buds. Everything that you think that you would love to enjoy. I, there were nights where I would cry eat, trying to eat Snickers bar. It tastes like wax. My mom would make me a steak. Tastes like wax. You have no flavor when all your taste buds die from the chemo. And like, if you have a partner that you want to enjoy sex with you have to be very careful the you know when you're going through chemotherapy you can transmit those chemicals via your semen uh, and you can't even have sex the same way even oral sex so like it, it basically separates you from the people you love um you know and then at eight, 19 years old 18 19 imagine losing your hair imagine being in the shower like that was a devastating moment as i'm washing my hair the for you know after the first couple treatments and then chunks are coming out and i'm i literally lost it i'm like oh my god like What's gonna happen? Dude, I
0: wouldn't be able to take. That would be different. I'm just thinking about that right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're, just imagine <laughs> your curly
1: locks, right? I know, and then dude. just chunks falling out, and you can't put it back in. A lot of
0: my identity is tied to this beard and this hair. Ready?
1: Your beard would have fallen out too. A hundred percent. That probably would have been worse. But I found a drink, uh, a homeopathic remedy, and I drank it, and it stopped it and the it, hair. yeah my hair stayed even during chemo. zango or, it was uh, a mangosteen extract not to give free advertising but yeah i oh, save yeah, this is, so zango was a mangosteen extract and the periocarp, or the shell has you know a, an abundance of these things called xanthones and xanthones eliminate free radicals so you know by drinking a concentrated dose of, it was queen queen victoria's favorite fruit You know, and the people that live on the banks of the river in Thailand, where this fruit is abundant, they are documented to be 130, 140 years old, you know? So this, like blueberries has xanthones, but the, the mango, the the mangosteen plant or what fruit has like a lot. So that's all I would drink that every day, four ounces. And
0: you're, so you go through the chemo nine months.
1: Correct. And my, I kept my hair. It went gray. Parts of it did go gray. Okay. Um, and then you know, but I,
0: that's when the remission started. After like that nine well, months, or
1: I lost one hundred and fifty five pounds. Wow! I was three seventy. I got down to like two thirty one. Did uh, you
0: like being losing the weight? No no? no, no,
1: no. So I, I, they put me on prednisone and steroids. So ah, there was there was a fluctuation. Totally. It was up and down, left and right. Then there was um, the the narcotics uh, when the pain and the thing started. So I I had a friend who died of uh, a, a port being installed so when they came to me and they said listen you know you have to do this we don't want to destroy your lane your veins do you want the port and i said no and they were like, well, we got to do, like, 3,000 injections on you over the course of your treatment. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, she died. I don't want it.
0: My, my mom's friend passed, and she had a port yeah. as well. Yeah, and I don't know. Obviously, I don't know causation. Yeah, but yeah.
1: It just, It's just that it's basically creating a direct link from the external to your heart. Yeah. It makes, so, yeah. It, it, like, any, any kind of. It's very risky. Of, yes. It's
0: very risky to go through life with that. Even sweat.
1: Yeah. Like, say you're sweating, yeah. and your sweat gets on it, and they inject it, and that bacteria gets in, you're dead.
0: So you don't, so you do the injections then. So, Correct. Right? Or-
1: and it was, I did, I started getting pain. And so it started with Percocet and then Vicodin and then Percocet and Vicodin. And to the point where at the end it was 500 Percocet a month. It was 180 uh, Xanax, one milligrams or, advan- or Alprazolam's. Um, it there was Valium, there was MS morphine, MSIR morphine sulfate immediate release, ten milligrams. Uh, allotted so three a allotted. You're not even yourself anymore
0: at this no, point. No, I, right? I was I yeah. was a
1: chemical zombie, yeah. and um, and it was really hard because because of that i ended up getting something called chemical induced depression and for many years i I, i'll talk i had nine psychiatric uh, commitments either voluntary or involuntary due to addiction or due to depression um and back in the day you know when you decided to take a bunch of xanax or something and you woke up in in the hospital you woke up in a funny ward because they they ruled that as attempted suicide even though you were just maybe trying to sleep or trying to you know, to them, they took your blood and they, oh, you had like toxic levels of benzodiazepine. Like that was an attempted at suicide. Which
0: is a prescription fucking drug.
1: And I took the exact prescribed dosage.
0: Yeah. You know? But it was just the fact that your mind was going in another. Correct. Way, well, and, you know? and it's also and like. How could it not? I mean, imagine, correct. like, I, dude, I, <laughs> it's like everything affects me. I mean, personally, I can take anything and it will mostly, it's like I can handle it, but I'm affected by things. And maybe For some sure. people can take certain things and or maybe drink a lot and they're not affected. Fa- but it's like you're very sensitive to external 100 yeah yeah that's why i like i'll get high pretty fucking easily it doesn't take much for speaking me.
1: speaking and i'm gonna spark this up go I for am. it brother but yeah no so um where were we at
0: i forget so you're in remission now yes oh no 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 so at the conclusion of chemotherapy yes
1: um the, so the pet scan basically is a scale one to ten right ten is Bad, bad. And two is the point where they determine you're in remission. Okay. At the conclusion of chemo, I was like at a three or two something, like in the mid twos. And so they wanted to do the radiation. At the end of that, I was at a one point two. So I did thirty-three radiation treatments over the second year, right? And I think it was this was O two, so O three. And then I was in remission by April of O four. Right. And that was scary because I had to get a tattoo uh, on my abdomen where the tumor was. And I went to Fox chase in a and they put you in this like NASA space station thing, bro. You walk in and a laser grid comes down over your body. Right. And I had to get naked and get onto this board. Now this is the mortifying part, right? This is something like, this is a juicy detail. When you're on that table as a man, they want to preserve the integrity of your offspring. So the nurses come over and they have this big lead shot put that's split in two and it has a nice little hole in it. And you're looking at like, what is this for? Right? Well, one nurse comes over with gloves and takes your testicles and holds them up, slides half the shot put underneath. Another nurse comes in, gently tucking your scrotum and your testicles inside of the other part, while another nurse <laughs> takes the other part and closes this on top of your nuts. Right? And they do this every single day that you go for radiation. Yeah, oh, dude. And what do you think happens when you have four decent-looking women playing with your nuts? Dude,
0: I could take a couple
1: guesses. <laughs> And they would always be like, "It's okay, hon. this is natural." To <laughs> They're learn. like, "We do this every day, honey. We got you." And and then to boot, the ultrasound where they come over with hot gel and then and they hit it because they yeah. have to find because my tumor was in the area, so she was always rubbing my area with these hot gel, doing ultrasound. I mean, so it,
0: so it wasn't that bad, is what you're saying?
1: No, it was, <laughs> it, it was like the insurance was paying for a happy ending. <laughs>
0: And insurance don't pay for shit. Exactly, right? (laughs) At least they pay for that.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. All I got was a stinking, you know, nut
0: rub for having cancer. (laughs) I mean, hey, you got something. That's incredible, man. The, uh, so now that you're, so this is towards the, still towards the end of the chemo now. Correct. This is where we're at.
1: Chemo's ending. Um, the radiation, like I said, that was probably over five or six months. Um, and then, you know, that last PET scan to determine where I was at, you know, they were like, I think we're good. And that was the scary part. You know what happens when you're in remission and they wind, they don't really do any kind of a detox. You just stop your pills. Oh, my God.
0: I and, mean, that's how however many people get.
1: And I had no idea what stopping a regimen like what I was on would do. There was no discussion with the physician about, oh, you're going to go through pause yeah. post acute withdrawal symptoms. You're going to be in agony if you just stop. You need to titrate and wean yourself off. There was none of that. Totally. Um, and ultimately, the end. The result was, I had to be shown what a bag of dope does because I was vomiting. I was. I, I went into this downward spiral.
0: Well, you can die. Too, oh, okay. right?
1: Well, so oh, the only two things you can technically die from in my experience and understanding is Xanax and uh, alcohol withdrawal. Correct. Yes. yes. So,
0: so that's that. the yeah. special
1: because it builds up every day you take it. The half life is 24 hours. So mm-hmm. if you take one today, one milligram of Xanax today, and you take one milligram tomorrow at the same time, you actually have one and a half milligrams in you. And then if uh, you take it, it the it. Yep, next yep. day, now you have two, you know, it's a, it's, you, you keep building it. up. Yep. And so that when you finally stop Right? Your body has this big load, so you may not know it for four or five days, mm. but when you stop and your body's dependent on that because you And you're,
0: once all the half life is over. It's it.
1: And that's when wow. people have gram wall seizures. And I've watched it where they have almost swallowed their tongue, they break their teeth like mm. shaking and chatter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's horrifying.
0: So now you're going down not the best path, I would assume, but Correct. but you're treating yourself in and out you're of self-medicating. Yeah, right? I, I don't about, know if you like that word, but
1: yeah, no, I was self-medicating. I was, I was, esca- it's called escapism. Uh, yep. the, the biggest lesson I learned in addiction is not to blame drugs, not to blame the drug dealers, not to blame anybody. It's to blame the fact that I have a me problem and that I have the inability to cope. Right. And when you can understand that all problems in life stem from, our abilities to to deal with the situation at hand, that's where we start the recovery process, right? Learning how to live in a proactive way rather than reacting. And they teach things like rational, emotive thinking, adding another step to the process instead of it being A to B. Sometimes you have to add that B, C, D, you know, so that, okay, all right, I got to break it up. I have to start changing. It's rewiring. Yes. you know people who are addicted are essentially chemically wiring their brains into uh, the risk reward and all this like you're giving yourself instantaneous rewards and you're, you know you're getting that dopamine. but where's the work?
0: where's the And it comes down to even checking your phone. If you allow yourself to do an impulsive behavior and listen do you want to look at my screen time? It's not good. I'm not saying I'm the man here. I'm, I'm between six and nine hours a day. Yeah, I'm at like two to four, but I spend eight hours. <laughs> He's like, it's computer. not good. Two to four. I'm like six to nine. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I spent eight on the computer. Twelve on the computer. I work over a hundred hours a week, too. I work on my phone. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know how you do everything that you do, but we're going to get to that. No doubt, no That's no, no. um, <laughs> incredible. <laughs> so, I don't know how much, what type of details you want to provide about, yeah, yeah. like, your drug use experience. Sure, like, no, I'm going to Yeah, I'm going I mean, to it
1: briefly. So, yeah, I, uh, I did horrible things. I was a very bad man. I was a very scary man. Uh, you know... Uh, statute of limitations, I'm sure is up but, you know, mm-hmm. will be vague. Uh, there were sure. definitely times where I deprive people of their goods, mm-hmm. uh, of their belongings without their knowledge. Uh, there were times I would do manipulative things. I really... I attribute a lot of what I do today in sales and in marketing and what I do to what I had to learn, the survival, where I had to learn in a genuine way how to trick and convince people that my version of reality was the real one and the one that they were living was the false one. And I became so good at it that I realized what I had, if I misuse it any further, I'm going to hell. Yeah. I I literally watched. So that was a fear, though. That was a fear. It was not even hell. Whatever I knew that I would be spiritually bankrupt. Let me put it. That's my bigger fear is spiritual bankruptcy, because whatever religion you are, I, would, I don't believe in hell. Um, this is hell. Earth is hell. Just so you know, uh, the, the third dimension is the lowest vibrational dimension where we are suffering and we're bumping into things and feeling things in the higher forms of our existence. We do not have that kind of physical pain. We have to literally achieve that sort of elevation spiritually while we're here. Uh, and so. the
0: connection though is, so the body is the way that we're like, like, like the proof of that is that we have the, like, we can only navigate in this one with the body, correct. which in the body is majorly flawed correct? in terms of what it can do and how it has to Well, and use. Yeah. It, it is and it's not. Here's the okay. thing. That's what we've been taught. I mean, I love the body, dude. I'm We've good. been taught yeah, that. I'm not an anti-body guy. The, you more,
1: know? the more I'm learning though, our bodies actually have the genetic sequences encoded in them for self-healing. The problem is there are chemicals and there are powers to be that have introduced things that suppress the human body's natural ability to self-regenerate. This is where we see the human lifespan has been reduced to under a 100 years. When in the past, according to the code of Hammurabi, the Sumerian Kings list and items of such of this nature, we see 20, 30,000 years, 10,000 years. And it's like, wait a minute. Is that an actual thing or is that, you know, an allegory? No, these are real terms. Even when you look at the book of Genesis and look at look at the, you know, the ages of these people. Right. Why are we living so short today? Why can the body not regenerate and heal? Well, when you find out, it's just because that the food, the products in our stores, in our groceries, the, the, <laughs> there's no seeds. Do you understand how dangerous that is? We are buying food without seeds. That means that... No, I don't understand, dude. You're going to have to... Dude, bro, that means that there's like no nutritional value. These are fully genetically modified organisms that are grown
0: true. for the purpose and of
1: consumerism. Mm-hmm. There is no... Yeah, but
0: that's how we saved... Humanity, though, didn't we? Through food? No. Because well, well, what I'm saying a, is... This is how we're killing we humanity. We're killing it, sure. But we we I, wouldn't be able to support having this many people, feeding this many people without, like, this system that we have.
1: I don't think so. I think it's a lie. Th-
0: there were other ways, but this is the one they chose.
1: This is the one they chose. Yes, 100%. I believe that. And what the evidence is now showing, though, is people who break away from the modern systems actually... Are more sustained. Right. I think it was. I don't want to misquote. I don't know if it was Finland. It was a it was a Scandinavian country made an offer where they said people could get free chickens. Right. And so all these millions of people, I think, got these chickens. Right. All these people who got chickens and then raised them all of a sudden, they've now reduced the garbage, the waste. People were throwing their, their scraps out and the chickens would eat it. Then they were eating the chickens. Then they were also eating the eggs. Now people weren't spending money at the store for certain groceries. They were able to increase their savings. They were able to start spending money in their communities and thus their economy thrived. And this was from the simple three chickens each to a family. Imagine what we could do here. Most people don't even know about the tax benefit of converting your house into a farm in Hunterdon County and putting chickens and animals on it and then writing it off
0: as a farm. I forgot that you knew, knew about Hunterdon County. I grew up here. I know. It's crazy. East Amwell, baby. That's wow, Reddington. Dude. Reddington and East Amwell. Dude, respect, yeah. brother. Respect. Yep. Um, I do Because I still am interested in, if of you course. don't mind, just no, no, to no. do a hard left turn <laughs> Let's here. Let's circle back. Yeah. Um, in that, so I'm going to start... Where you were at, I think, like either going through recovery or after yes, yes, recovery, yes. I think, is a good place to start it yes. back up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does that life change happen? Is there like a moment in there, yes. or like okay. there, no?
1: There's a spiritual awakening that yep. was so insane um,
0: that breed, like the personality that you have today. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I was in,
1: um, I was in a recovery place in South Jersey called uh, Maryville. Uh, huge credit to Maryville is uh, the oldest rehab in the state of New Jersey, okay. created by the some nuns and a priest, I think for prisoners coming out of prison years ago. And it became so successful that different, you know, people from different counties can use funding to go there. The men are with the men, women are with women. You learn to cook your own food. Like they take people in, they, you know, you have a job, you have routine, you do your own laundry. You're allowed cigarette breaks. It's a very, one of the very few places you're allowed to smoke nine times a day. Right. So they're, you know, even though they can't give you every kind of concession as an addict, right, they allow people who have that addiction, right? One of the big things is one thing at a time, right? I've seen a lot of people fracture in early recovery because they're trying to quit 15 things, right? It's like you gotta, it's sequence, sequential. Yeah.
0: Not only one day at a time, also one thing at a time. One thing at a time. You can't change. Everything at once. Correct
1: well, You didn't. Like I didn't believe it, but it's true. Like you didn't get addicted in one day. It yeah, took. Uh, it true. took a long yeah. time to get addicted like to you a said, lot of things. The, chem-
0: the path rewind. Like that's. It yes. takes a little while. So it doesn't happen for instantly. opiates
1: like heroin. Five to seven years minimum for you to have the reset. Wow. And and it's that's why I'm trying to encourage people to get into cannabis-inclusive recovery mm-hmm. a, as an alternative to methadone, suboxone, subutex, and buprenorphine. Uh, even Vivitrol, stuff like that. Yeah, cool. But cannabis, awesome. You know, like, none of that is still organic. Way better than a pharmaceutical, 100%. That's my point. Every
0: time, I would think. You know, you know, you know almost, uh, except for the psychosis stuff that's it like except for the fact like hey listen, no, for sure. if you have schizophrenia like you know for sure the relative is that's, close where, to you.
1: that's where it's important for doctors like I work with a doctor who's a DO a doctor of osteopathy Dr. Jennifer Volpe one of the coolest doctors Good Vibes Medical right here in Jersey helps people all the time by Good. the phone oh yeah I've heard of this she's yeah. amazing She is freaking amazing. And we need more people like that who are open to the holistic route, uh, you know, and pairing that with Western medicine or Mm -hmm. or listening to the body. You know, don't always have to approach thing with take a pill. You, You know, pills address symptoms. Here's the issue. Right. If you get into the Vedic style of medicine, if you have a headache, you stop doing what gives you a headache. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you don't take a pill to fix the headache. Yeah. You drink more water. You get more sleep. You get more rest. You do less work. You mm-hmm. give yourself more peace. You know, these are things that we have to take back. We, as the American society, are, are whores, pardon my French, for our time. And our time is worth X. And so we we compromise and sacrifice our inner peace for that reward or for survival in my case. Like I, I, uh, people around me see me do what I do. That I don't think they know what's on my plate. And that's why it's so important for me to expand my reach across so many disciplines so that I cannot fail. Because I've seen these different industries all collapsing. I've seen capitalism is great, and but we have to be very wise today Especially somebody with very, very small, uh, like personal resources. I invest in myself, right? And only recently have I afforded, has it been afforded to me to have people believing in me to start investing in me. So it's fun, but that's why I want to, you know, I want to make things right.
0: And now, yeah, you have the oppor- you've created the opportunities, though.
1: Yes, know? manifestation.
0: It, I, so, po- I pulled so it into the ether. You the went ether.
1: to Mary, Maryville. Ville. Yeah, Maryville. Maryville. And, uh, yeah bro I was there and I remember and what age is this now 31 gotcha Uh, right is it 31 I'm I'm coming on so your 20s are Uh, 20s were holding guns robbing people like running real shit downtown Newark Trenton and Camden you know on the river line I mean just bad shit bro I, uh, you know. There I would have sh-
0: given you whatever you asked for. Listen, <laughs> here's yeah. my, sto- mother, my story is that. as
1: deep as my fiance was prostituting herself. Wow, and uh, she would do that in order to feed both of our habits, and I would have to, you know, watch her come home and shower and cry, and then come get in her pajamas and snuggle with me and just want hugs, and not want me to be sexual with her. Um, and it it was a very bizarre relationship at that point because. Um, here's this beautiful woman that I love, that I want to be intimate with, but out of love for her, I can't. And so there was no resentment. There was no animosity. It just, it just wasn't working. We, we both ended up, she went to jail. I went to rehab. So the universe separated us and, you know, I, I made the decision not to go back, um, but she, you know, to the day she's alive, she's healthy to her yep. best ability. Yep. I love her still. She's a great person. Um, but it's, again, those are sacrifices as a soul that I made for a physical exchange because it's like the L it's the age old story of the forbidden fruit. I took a bite. Mm-hmm. I took a bite. And once you know, you can't unknow. Right. And it took every last bit of my essence to change and, and to this point Maryville as I'm in Maryville I pray to God I'm doing everything I can and I remember I'm sitting in an NA meeting that had come into the group uh, into the group home and all of a sudden I was compelled to go to my room I said I'm, I'm done with this I don't know why. I was just getting frustrated I got up I said to the counselor like uh, I'm gonna go he's like yeah I right, go ahead I go back to my room I get down and I pray and I remember I had my book of Mormon I had the Bible and I'm, I'm just this is you know I had the gift of desperation, so I'm just seeking. I'm seeking something. I don't know what it is. Somewhere, you know. And I'm. And, and this is weird. I wasn't praying to Jesus or God for a long time. I prayed to my dead friends. I buried fifty of my friends from addiction in the last couple of years. Right, fifty, right, all under the age of thirty-eight. It's bizarre.
0: My next question was: Did you have to get all new? F- like did you have to build relationship, right. new relationships in your life like it's what was horrible. that like yeah that's what imagine
1: imagine if all the people who love you who you've been kind to and who you've shined with and who can tell your story the right way if they're all dead and the only people around you are the people who robbed you who mistreated you who exploited you and so the narrative on the street is the one that i have to overcome because the people who i served are dead Right. So there's there's there, nobody to back you up. A, yeah, on there's who a disconnect. You are. There's yeah. a disconnect. And and in early stages of even getting clean and stuff, when I was trying to get into cannabis, there were bad mistakes I made. There were financial errors. There were misplaced trusts. I didn't know what I was doing. I was faking it till I made it. That was a principle they taught you in recovery. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Right? I've grown. I've evolved since then. Right. Uh, you know, and so this is where, you know, being a higher evolved self there's no ego anymore it's not i'm better than you it's quite the contrary it's that i am constantly willing to admit my faults and that pisses people off they're like how can you just be okay with being flawed and i'm like because i am human and i am seeking to be the best version of myself and if i have offended or transgressed just tell me how we can make amends and move on yeah and they're
0: not going to deny reality yeah. Yeah.
1: But people get so like butthurt.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. I'm like, dude, over what? Reputation? Mm. Clout? Mm. Yeah, but imagine if you Yeah, and imagine if you went through <laughs> you literally had a completely different life. Like how could you not have this perspective now? It's like yeah. people like what what? Do you wanna just do you want to have to force yourself to go through shit? Like you don't you can actually come to realizations. And you came through it through a culmination of things, from your experience to you know, kind of just self awareness probably as well. But oh, I got hurt, man, bro. Just the experiences—twelve totaled vehicles,
1: dude. From the time I started driving at seventeen years old, right, till till when? Like a couple years ago, twelve totaled vehicles where I could have died, right? Four I was cut out with the jaws of life. Four. Jaws of Life four times? And guess what? Not one of them did I have a broken bone or was I scratched? Right? I woke up in the trauma center of uh, Robert Wood Johnson once to a doctor saying, Mr. Frank, uh, I'm sticking my fingers in your rectum to check for internal bleeding. And that's what woke me up. And I realized they had cut my clothes off. I I had just been driving. I was in a 2001 Volvo C70 Sport Coupe. two door. Nice yeah. Uh, when, you, when we went back it was wrapped around a tree the wheels were sideways the hood had gone through someone's window in their home I had fallen asleep at the wheel because in early recovery I was on methadone and I did not have uh, I was on 30 milligrams and they had given me Ativan so I was on 2 milligrams of Ativan and 30 milligrams of methadone and I was driving to work early in the morning to Bristol, Pennsylvania from Plainfield, New Jersey and somewhere on Talmadge Road I fell asleep yeah and you know they charge you for telephone poles
0: no yeah i didn't know that
1: two I've, i would i've been it. charged for two um <laughs> i got i didn't have to pay them because the first one the state police wrote a letter in my benefit saying i actually execute the brakes someone cut the brake lines or they had rotted they uh, didn't know they couldn't say which but uh I no was they were often yeah. yeah i was going downhill at like 50 miles an hour in a 94 gmc jimmy the brakes went out oh uh, yeah
0: and I'm like, that line was shot. Yeah. It was a Jimmy. And
1: so I swerved right, went up over a hill, and we went airborne. Mm-hmm. And when we came down, right into a telephone pole, I pictured that one too. Wow. Yeah. The the front of the car came up to the windshield.
0: So that wasn't even just, you didn't have brakes. There was no, nothing, nothing you could I do could do about that. And I tried to slam it out of
1: gear, mm-hmm. it wouldn't go into reverse. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, so trying. I just swerved at the last minute because we were about to go into one way traffic the Holy wrong God. way.
0: Yeah, so you went through the cars. You went yeah. through 12, and my 12 best friend John
1: Hackney was in the car. Uh, we hit so hard. He, uh, the thing that scared me is as we were coming down, and I saw it. I went to put my arm across him. He didn't have. I don't. No, he didn't have his seatbelt on. All of a sudden, we hit the door open, and he went out. And I was just like, "What the fuck happened?" You know. And I I was stuck in the car, and that's when uh, East Anwell or West Amwell fire came. They had to cut the door off and with the jaws of life because i was entrapped. the transmission i actually have a scar on my leg the transmission came up out of the out of the truck and pinned me this way my arm had gone through and i have a scar there from where the key broke off and i cut my wrist and i'm the my my arm was stuck through the wheel and the transmission had pinned me like that so i'm just sitting in the car for like an hour waiting for them to cut the door open to pull me out
0: and you're completely you're all right. You're yeah, not, they put me on
1: a the backboard. They right. took me to the hospital. Yep. They did CAT scans. They're like, you're fine. They let me up and let me go. Damn, It's yeah. crazy. So, as I said, guardian angels, bigger, higher purpose. Yes, uh, I, I. It took a lot. It took a lot of these though to realize, man, I don't know how many you get. Mm-hmm. I better be careful from here on out. I better respect my temple. I better eat healthy. I better eat alkaline. I better start learning more. I better stop just trusting everything on face value. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you can't give your time, your light and your energy to false things because what will happen is those things will manifest and you'll, you will become part of the entrapment of other people's souls. And that's what it is. This is a game for your fucking soul. Pardon my French. Mm-hmm. Right. And I want to see you win. If, if anything, if I'm an angelic light warrior, right. Which, uh, you know, I want you to win, bro. I want, I want to cast my light in your direction, cast it in mine. Let's bathe in each other's light. Not like nothing great, like nothing creepy, but for legit, you know, two are better than one, three are better than two, four are better than three, you know, the more we can get And it's nothing about any one person's opinion. Mm. It's about finding like-minded spirits and souls who have a shared vision of creation and being good, righteous people winning with a purpose, right? Like I said, if your purpose is to effectuate change here on earth, whatever it is, saving animals, saving trees, blah, 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 it doesn't matter. Pick something that is near and dear to your heart, connect, right? And then just own it. Everybody out here is just trying to connect with money. And I know we need money. It's a tool. I know. Yeah. I get it. I'm not saying go be broke. I'm not saying F capitalism. I know a lot of people are on that extreme. It's find a way
0: to have balance. Yeah, moderation so difficult, though.
1: It is. But you know where it comes in? It, it's the self-discipline of realizing what you need and what you want and separating the
0: two. And, and also, in the moment, making a decision mm-hmm. to actually go through with something that's that's a problem action yeah but but it's like when you're in that moment and you know i have to do what i have to do but i don't feel like really doing it you know and that's where people get called up that's what i think is the most important thing like that has to follow through just just when you need to do something the second you don't... Or the first time you don't do you what you say you're going to do... Yeah, it's the self-accountability, I think. Because at the end of the day, nobody can be accountable for you. Correct. So you have to... So if we're talking about... Even if we're talking about anything as broad as a goal, that's not... That's not that important. It can't be as important as the actual activity to get to the goal. So you, Correct. So now... like, So the further you go, the closer you get to baseline reality, base which is in a moment there's a decision you may react you may stop and not react and then choose to respond in a certain way but that's it it's like that's kind of all we have you don't know what your next thought's right, going to be so i don't know
1: what mine is to that point that's exactly i think what i was trying to say like earlier too like it, instead of reactively living actively living yeah making the committed choice to what's going on and this comes This power to do that comes with educating yourself. This power to do that comes when you can Understand time, and you can understand your purpose and your place, and you can understand the. Like I said, the frequency vibrations. We don't have to keep. No, but that's it. It's so crazy, bro. But I
0: feel like you can't not do this. Like you personally, like you can't not do all this stuff that you do. I can't. You have. You feel like there's is there's days when you don't. I'm a nuclear bomb going off. Do you just have energy? Does it just happen? Yeah. So
1: every day when I when I gave up hard drugs and when I got into my routine. I can't tell you. I get up for work at 4 a.m. every day. My eye, I my eyes open at 4 a.m. I don't need an alarm. Wow. Some days I don't even set my alarm. 4 a.m. I'm up. I'm walking my dog. Right? I'm getting in my car. I'm getting to work. Right? I do my full day at work. I leave work 3 p.m. I go and I turn into dirty dank jersey right Mm -hmm. dirty dank jersey do all my things i meet my agent my videographer we film content we do phone calls we book things you know then i go home and i turn into john and i take care of grandma my grandma's very sick she lives by herself my grandfather died in february and i still haven't had time to grieve right we put him in the ground and i haven't had one minute to grieve so a lot of uh the energy that i draw on is pain And I'm taking it and converting it into the only usable form that makes sense to me, which is creativity. Uh, The other choice is rolling around on the ground crying, missing the man that I love, missing the man who raised me as my father. Oh, wow. So he was essentially. He stepped in, yeah, uh, yeah. Bro, my story is even crazy. Like, my mom, my life started with a violent crime, my mom was physically taken advantage of and raped and my mom made a decision to keep me uh and i am here today because she is a strong woman and she came home to her father uh, who was a marine and she was afraid and said dad i'm pregnant you know like and she thought her dad was go get an abortion go kill this thing you know and it was no it's time to get ready to have a baby and that was it you know and
0: what a man yeah
1: And so, you know, here's a man who built Bowcraft in New Jersey. My grandfather built Bowcraft with Ted Miller. Oh, wow. You know, my grandfather built amusement parks around the country. He he worked on... Knottsbury Farm, uh Williamsburg, Virginia. He worked on he, he ran and built Boblo Island in between Canada and, and the United
0: States. Bocraft I've heard of. Yeah. My pops tell me about that.
1: Lagoon, Utah, he worked out there and you know, he consulted Gosh. all over and uh he was part of IAPA International Amusement Parks Association of managers and stuff like it was it was cool, man. And my grandfather, you know, politician, he was in the Marine you know, Marine Corps League. I'm in the Sons of the American Legion, SAL because of it, you know, so um you know, I support veterans heavy. You know, our freedom and our ability to be who we are is a direct result of the blood of committed men to a vision. It has nothing to do with war. People get mistaken. Like, our soldiers are over there dying. They are fighting for each other at that point. They are not fighting for any other reason except that they know they have met, They have children and family and people that they love. They have a principle of being able to come home and smoke a joint and drink a beer And fuck off if they want to. And they're willing to go over into the shit and die for that. It's amazing to me, man. And I I have a high, high respect for people that do that. I have a lot of crazy military friends.
0: My grandfather was in the Korean War. And we didn't know that he was a sergeant until he died. He didn't tell anybody. That's crazy. You want to talk humility on that? On on some... I don't need to even... I don't even want anybody to know what I've done. I, I don't want anybody to... I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm just going to live my life. Like, I, come back, new mission, support my family. That's it. Like you're saying. That's yeah. what... That's what they did, man. That's, anybody who... And that's where I, a man... I, wanna, I don't want to speak for everybody, no, but no, no. for the most part, 100%.
1: So, I hear a lot of, you know, motivational speakers, uh, masculine ones, talk about it. Like, when a man understands and comes into the, the power of being able to take life righteously that that is where it's different not murdering somebody if you are taking that life and you know that you are capable of killing to protect the things that you love and you're killing in the name of your god or your beliefs or your truth whatever you call it right and then you come home and you have to be gentle and you have to be soft and you have to be fun, right? There's people that can't do that, but the ones that do, those are powerful men. Those are powerful men that we need to venerate, and we need those men to show us. Me, I'd love to learn from those men. You know, I know we have to become more active, and that's that's another thing I think is important to talk about. I uh, I used to want change in things, and I would hope to attract it. Stop. Go find it. Don't wait. Stop waiting. I had to stop waiting. I had to start finding things. If people, if you think, if you think just because you read books and you're watching TV, like good shit's coming, it's not. You're just getting the tools to understand what it takes to get good shit. Now go
0: get it. Like everybody else who made the things that you're consuming were, they're, those are the people who were getting up. Yes. Getting up and actually. Correct.
1: And that's where I don't understand why people don't support things in their own community.
0: Like I'm with you on this New Jersey shit. How about that's this? That's what I'm saying. Dude, how about the fact of, like, we have to, we're, like, trying to tell people who have a bigger platform in a certain area that we're in that they should do something else for our area that... Like, like we should call the shots for them. That's what I don't understand. Is that crazy to you, too? That's, I don't know. I'm not trying to change it. Like, it's like, I will, if I want things to change, then I'll change it right here. Correct. I'll just do what I'm doing more or better. Correct. That's all I can do.
1: Yo, I'm so happy you said that, right? The one thing that I try to stand for, no negativity, if you see, just go do it better. Mm-hmm. Go right over
0: here and just do it better. And I'll show you how to do it. And you can see if you—it's like I want every—I want people to do it. 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 (laughs) Drop a little. I still play that song when I'm when I'm DJing, man. You have to. Oh, yeah Listen, man,
1: I can't believe you. That's so cool. You, I used to DJ
0: too. Yeah, yeah. yeah you said DJ for the Middlesex County
1: Republican Organization. Shout that. out. Ooh, ooh. What up? Yeah, <laughs> it was dope. I used to all the banquets, all the things that uh, you know my grandfather would have me come. A lot to. of old music on that.
0: Oh yeah, a lot I, of classics. Earth, Earth, Wind and Fire. 100%.
1: Yeah. Uh, who else did I? Um, Stevie, I'm a wedding That's all I that play. You know. But, oh yeah, I, I, I love do a, a lot can, of country. Yeah, yeah. Pop love country, so it was funny. I used to cater to my pop. Uh, so mm-hmm. my pop was the politician at the event, and he he would get me hired as a DJ. And so as pop would be out there, a jar hashtag jarhead pop if you want to check him out. Uh, I would watch him, and if pop would be out there, like he'd be looking like, I'm like yeah, yeah. all right, I mean, got I got the vibe because yeah. pop would get out there and he would you know he'd just be doing, and then he'd get some of these yeah you know, he's eighty year old man he's got these like thirty year olds coming out <laughs> like. Yeah, you know, I mean, still killing it. Love you, Grandma. I know you. You know, in yeah. case you see this, but it's for, all right. for sure. Though. Just know he was professionally was, dancing. Was he was politicking. Come on, you,
0: know? you got a job, you? He was po- exactly. He had to get them votes. Yep, <laughs> dude. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> that was fun, man. Damn, that's crazy, man. He's that's 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 really cool. So you must have. that I mean, bro, he got me a job on the Middlesex County Board of Elections. Like, I he got me so many. Like, like I said, his I met, his influence though must have been. Oh,
1: he changed my life, bro. Yeah. He. So, he also... Lo- I'll put this out there. He loved me to death. That's a thing. You know that, right?
0: I've... I have I can point to examples of it. Yeah. He... could prove uh, it. And my mom, too, at
1: times. And they learned. And then they stopped. And I'm benefit... I'm glad... Because he loved me so much, like, he would pay debts. He would give me money when I was sick. You know, he would just... I, there were times... Dude, my grandfather was a director of motor vehicles, right? And there were days where I was... Like, he would see me dying. Like, he would wake up putting his tie on, shaving. He had his routine, you know, 6 a.m., looking sharp. And I'm just, like, like ready to die. And he's like, he's like, are you going to call me, like, during work today to beg me for money? He's like, Let, get in the car. Let's just go get your shit now. And he put me in his car and we drove to Newark and I met my guy and I'd get my shit and he dropped me off. It's only happened a couple of times, but to the point where and I never asked him again. And, you know, after that, bro, it was, it was so humiliating that when I looked back at it, I was like, oh my God.
0: No, cause you don't want to do
1: that. Oh no. Yeah. Like, and, and the, and that was like, that was a moment where he knew, like everybody knew I do drugs. Yeah. It's a different thing when you do drugs in front of somebody. Mm hmm. I don't know how to explain that.
0: Yeah. It's, no, it is.
1: It's yeah. a very weird thing. It's like being naked. I, you know, it's like being naked. You know, somebody may know your dirty truth, but then to see it, mm. it's like undeniable. Like, oh, you're
0: an intravenous heroin user. How 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 do you feel about that with addiction, though, uh, in Just, terms of people who are around people who are, like, in that scenario, like what are they, do you bring them to the person? Do you not? Do you try to help? What do you mean? um, If somebody, if your family member is addicted to anything, whatever it might be, do you do that? Do you bring them to the place to go get it? Do you not? It's like, obviously this is a moral thing, but like, what's your advice to, Yes, because I've been in the situation only with my friends, and then you know, I've sat my friend's parents down with my other friends to have the conversation. Sure. But there's no, what do I do beyond that point? You know, I didn't, so there's nothing I can My mom not much reached do.
1: out to some organizations here and it was amazing. There are some like uh, recovery mm-hmm. advocates in Hamilton, uh, There's there was City of Angels in the beginning. Um, and, there are organizations that have experienced parents and professionals who have a baseline of what to do. There's also what, what my accolades are or are, are my credentials is a certified peer recovery coach, right? Certified peer recovery coaching has been starting, I think, I don't want to misquote, but there were numbers that showed a much larger percentage of people getting clean and staying clean, utilizing peer recovery coaches, which is somebody in your day to day life who is certified, who has the ability to do biopsychosocial assessments, who has the ability to detect triggers and refer you to the next level of care, or just has the ability to break it down and listen and to engage you and then to offer alternatives, right? So it's like the physical bounce back that you need to do with yourself because in early recovery, it's imperative to make sure you stay on course, right? You get past these little sequential points and it gets easier. It gets easier. It gets easier. It gets easier. easier. And that's what people don't think it does. You know, you're
0: saying the people who are going through it, they don't think it's going to get it. Yeah. So, so is that a big, is that a big thing for people to think like is that a big reason why people don't just go into recovery because they think it's going to be really hard or
1: that well i i think they don't think the 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 pain of being sick Mm. the pain of being on e it it is profound i will tell you like the stuff that's out today is so scary when i was addicted and when i so i was a 2008 I don't want to get the day right. 08 or 09, right around there. When I first started getting clean, like the dope was was clean. It was heroin, you know, maybe like 80% dope, the rest cut. Today, it's like all fentanyl. It's like gray and purple. Like my friend is addicted and she's in treatment. She's like, yeah, I do this stuff. It's like gray and purple. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, Chico, I'm telling you, when you try to get clean, like even two weeks later, you're kicking Like normally with heroin back in the day, you get through five days, you're good. Like you're going to, you're going to sweat like fecal matter. You're going to be in pain. You're going to get, you know, tears. You're going to yawn. You're going to be, you know, but you're going to be done today. I couldn't imagine writhing in pain for two weeks trying to get clean. Right. And to the point that's where like cannabis is imperative. Right. That's where like, I want. And the only reason it's not more utilized is because I think it's federally still illegal. And if it was not federally subsidized treatment, I think we could do it.
0: Is it federally decriminalized right now or not? No, I don't okay. think so. I, I thought that it's so. passed it, but maybe it was not in yet. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I, not. I'm, not that that... Uh, it doesn't really help. It helps a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't mean legal. I mean...
1: But they... Uh, when, when they can... I think as long as they had non-federally subsidized treatment centers, they could do it. And that was like something I would like to see. Like all these MSOs, all these big cannabis companies that are making tons of money, right? What if, you know, a portion of each sale goes to a cannabis recovery initiative where people can get clean? You know, these cannabis inclusive halfway houses. Imagine having a clean, safe space in Rutgers and Jersey City and Trenton and Camden, right? And it's a clean space, but you can smoke cannabis there, right? Cannabis is not frowned upon, right? You can smoke cigarettes on the exterior of the premises, you know, like whatever. It's just the stigma of cannabis being a bad thing has to go away because the 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 benefits, but here's the thing, it also has to be moderation, you know? Like I absolutely smoke copious amounts of cannabis for fun for the grip. Right. But in reality, for my personal consumption, I barely smoke. I can smoke one diamond a day. I can smoke, you know, a dab a day. I can smoke a joint a day. I can go days without anything. You know, that's where I've gotten to. Um, and that's where it's important. You have to use it as a supplement rather than a crutch.
0: Mm -hmm. That's what, you know, and you need to actually live your life on top of it if you're gonna do it correct yeah. you know it, it's, it's you can't let it consume your life And but the thing is it doesn't really it just is a factor for people sometimes where it's like they're also eating like shit not working out and unhealthy plus smoking to, a ton of weed yeah. plus drinking a little too much and it, you know it's like
1: people need to keep their opinions to themselves sometimes like damn if somebody's doing alright smoking butt and like you just want to gripe about the smell like just be quiet or get used to it. If Are they a better person? Mm. Do they smell like pot? Cool. That's, like, the biggest mm. concern I hear people, you know, like, I, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, what is the big gripe about potheads? And it seems to be the smell. It seems I, to I be guess. people are offended smoke, by the If you don't smoke,
0: then you don't like it, which I get. Yeah. But Damn, I love it, though. It smells so good. Dude, my... Um, oh, it smells so good in here. My girlfriend couldn't handle it, dude, in the beginning of our relationship. Like, not that she couldn't handle it in terms of, like emotionally or anything. She yeah. just... Something with the smell, it must have tied back to something else, or she just... Well, she, so in some cannabis, there's
1: VOCs, Volatile yeah. Organic Compounds. So it could be on a very biological level that she is repulsed by it.
0: Yeah, that, that's what it. I think. Because it seemed automatic. It didn't seem like... It wasn't her opinion. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Um, but then she got used to it as she hung out with me more. But I was like, hey, I'm kind of going to do this sometimes, like...
1: I'm going to get all oh, there super stony no baloney. Now
0: she's taking a... Oh, now she's good. She <laughs> she's not doing anything, by the way, for the books. <laughs> but, um, On the record. I'm good. I can say whatever I want. i got to watch when I talk We're gonna about it. I'm going to fire people. up a quick uh, solventless diamond
1: dab here. This is cold starting, by the way. So we got a cold start. Yeah, cold starting is utilizing a quartz banger from a, a state of room temperature. You put your product in before and then you heat from that to the point of convection.
0: Okay. We getting this, Brother B?
1: Oh yeah. The benefit of this is you get to experience the full spectrum of cannabinoids. Whereas if you hot dab, you are missing certain portions. Sometimes the flavor spectrum, sometimes in the actual cannabinoids, right? So I encourage cold starting for the maximum taste to waste ratio. Right? Okay. Which, which means the amount of product you're utilizing with, you know, as it's consuming, you want to get to that perfect point
0: where the value is achieved. Is the worst way to smoke just regular weed in like a joint, like the, the, the least so of, is that the least efficient way?
1: I will put it this way. It depends on what you want to look at. If okay. you want to look at danger, in my opinion, I would look at the carcinogenic factor and smoking cannabis where it is wrapped in a blunt wrap or papers right you're actually catalyzing and creating multiple compounds far worse than if you are dabbing concentrates with indirect heat the issue is you have to be dabbing solventless concentrates not concentrates. why would
0: there be a solvent
1: it's hydrocarbon extracts. Oh, okay. so, so the, most so the way it's extracted
0: is, would include the solvent, we are saying. Correct.
1: Most, most extraction methods, like when I was on Vice TV, that was another thing, right? That was, it, so, that was cool, man. It, I, when I was on Vice, uh, it was for BHO, the dangers of BHO. And the ex- Which is dabs? So, yeah. So it's like shatter. Okay. Like shatter, crumble... Uh, distillates all that stuff and what
0: is this stuff generally this is c- concentrated so yeah so they're basically taking the thc and washing it off of the plant
1: material using a solvent okay right and so they pack plant material into a metallic tube this is the this is the rudimentary way and they put butane cans on top and they blast it they just and that butane goes down through it freezes and liquefies and it pulls that thc the trica all that off and then it drips down into a catch tray underneath right and that's where all that butane is degassing from that like caramel stuff and that's where it's dangerous if there's an ignition an arc uh, a spark boom oh yeah it'll blow up but it's not to say all bho is bad i don't want to say that either okay. there are plenty of high-tech systems that are what are they called closed looped closed loop systems are known for very thoroughly degassing and uh eliminating most of the butane um i still do not prefer hydrocarbon extracts even under the most uh you know i guess best closed loop system you could have, I would Mm -hmm. still prefer solventless. You're literally talking about water, ice, and flour. Now that's what I'm smoking. Right? No butane. No butane. No no chemical no hydrocarbons at all. No carbon dioxide. Anything
0: that's been that's touched or been around or went through butane just doesn't sound like it would be good
1: for you. Correct. And, and Nick, is at, my agent and buddy over there, he's actually witnessed this. Um, I had to work with doctors and find out why I was getting debilitating cramps. I was consuming edibles that were made with distillate, which was made with BHO. Poorly made BHO. And the butane was so abundant that it was getting into my bloodstream and it was causing like my muscles to spasm anytime within an hour of eating a BHO distillate based edible. It was only when I experimented and stopped all edibles, stopped all cannabis, everything I was smoking, all the cramps. So you did an
0: elimination diet almost of weed. Yep. And then I
1: experimented and only ate solventless edibles and it never happened again. Huh. And that's when I started smoking only hash rousing, and it all went away. I would get cramps in my jaw and my neck and my armpits all over when I would consume distillate. That's how I can know. I still do get cramps. I will know Mm -hmm. if I'm being slipped disc to the point where I even will might trigger myself sometimes. And if I'm in a pinch hit a, you know, a cart, you know, and it's almost like that is the behavior that needs to be eliminated. Mm -hmm. Right. That is the old stinking thinking that, you know, for me, in a moment of, hey, I need some cannabis quickly activated into my system, I hit that cart. But it's like, er, wait a minute, dude. You already know the dangers of that. But there comes the time, it's like, damn, I don't have the money to afford the hash rousing cart right now. But I need the medicine. Right? So you have to compromise. And that's what sucks. Right, so that's why, and you're not,
0: you're you're not, and that's right. You're, what I, you're yeah. doing what you do, so we don't have to compromise. And that's and why I'm trying to do what I'm doing, and right? Understand,
1: right? Yeah. And, and that's why I see a lot of influencers doing, and it's cool. And like, it's like, yo, if I could subsidize a portion of what I need or what I, what I utilize for pain management between my knee, I also have spinal fusions. My spine's fused, right? I I had uh, spinal surgeries on my neck and everything and and so cannabis for me is about anti-inflammatory properties as well you know activating and stimulating the endocannabinoid system yeah, yeah. There, there's not many ways to do that because the endocannabinoid system requires cannabinoids to be stimulated
0: and this is mostly for people who were would be doing like doing it especially medically and just not knowing like sure you might yeah people for leisure you know might mm-hmm. it might be a solvent or a non For sure. Solvent thing, but especially for those people who have to go through something on top of this, and now you have an external symptom. It's like, yeah, dude, if you're just smoking and you, you know, you feel you get cramps, all right, cool. But if somebody's also going through some kind of disease, whether it be cancer or from the worst case scenario to who knows, sleep, even just. My mom scared the crap
1: out of me when she said, John, what happens when it hits your heart? Your heart's a muscle. What happens when it hits my? Do I have a heart attack? That's why I really had to start looking at like, damn, I cannot mess with this. I have to stop all BHO. I have to stop the PHO, which is pentane. Any kind of those, but it can't
0: be good for anybody. It's like plastics, right? Again,
1: it's like, it's, it's. This is like one of those things where like because I'm in the community, I want to respectfully not just like. No, I get it. I get it. But I will You're not shitting on it. Correct. I will say. My preference and my personal opinion for the benefit of my body is always solventless.
0: Well, also, everybody's body's different. Do it. If it doesn't affect you in any way, do it. I don't think solventless
1: can hurt people. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Like It's like BHO might have Mm -hmm. a higher risk. Uh, and, And so here's the point, I guess, why people would choose BHO or hydrocarbon extracts over solventless. There actually is a faster activation time so again that's also where the human psychology comes into this uh are you do you want the activation time do you want the the larger amount like with shatter you can get into the 90 high 90 percent thc but that's where you're also getting like like i i just when i see these people hitting big things of shatter I cringe. It
0: looks so cool.
1: I know, but I cringe,
0: dude. Or I, maybe it doesn't look cool. I don't know. To
1: me, it no, looks cool. t- no, it does. To most people, it does look cool, and that's why I say, I for me personally, I don't know. I would rather see somebody hitting a hash waterfall out of a fr- like fresh press hash dripping out of a waterfall into a banger. <laughs> like that would be boss.
0: Yeah. Hash, 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 baby. I've only oh. been put put on hash a couple of times in my life.
1: Hash rosin, live hash rosin yeah. and full spectrum fresh press. Have
0: you have you done like regular hash? Yeah, like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. the
1: uh, the like Moroccan hash or... So that's
0: where the that resin comes from. No. is from the nope. Oh, so no, this no, no, is no. different.
1: Yes, this is different. It comes ah. from a multitude. So there's a multitude of ways to do it. There's dry sift keef, there's bubble hash, mm. there's that there's that other hash. The, the way you Press and the, the micron bag. There's a there's there's many variables and factors that go into it. But yep. depending on, on your base material, it will give you a different end result. So if you want, you know, your cold cure live rosin's, if you want your full spectrum, if you want your solventless diamonds, right? Each one of these.
0: So this is like a craft beer level. Yes, even I mean we'll probably above correct. that correct. So but.
1: these these hashings and these people like you know. Shout out the Bryonest. Awesome. Love the content. Like, check him out. At the Okay, Okay. Like, truly amazing hash content, right? And uh, I think it's Mr. Rosin's Neighborhood. Another Mm. amazing hash content. These are, like, artisanal hashings that are taking, you know, raw product and, and pressing it with their, you know... Like mm. the Brian is, he'll make, he made like the Zach save by the veil, save cell phone out of hash. And he's made like an apple out of hash. He's made bananas out of hash because they were they press art. Yeah, it's hash art.
0: Like <laughs> legit. That's crazy.
1: Like hash rosin art. Yeah. That's the, that's the more it's, a, it's worth its weight in gold. Like almost, yeah. Uh, that's like a lot of ounces yeah, can be twelve hundred, eighteen hundred, a thousand. So it's it's bizarre, you know, when you see people playing with
0: it. It's almost more similar to to glass than it is any other weed. In but this is of, the
1: crazy yeah. part: you smoke it, so it goes away.
0: Yeah, it's gone. Yeah.
1: So it's worth all of that, but it's like such a bouge, and that's why ice I, sculptures
0: I, are dumb compared to that.
1: Yeah, a lot of people think they can't afford it, and I'm like, but yeah, but you can get grams, like cheap. You know, they're only like 30, 40, 50 bucks. It's just, you know, just don't look at the ounces. You can't afford ounces. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, definitely get it. Get some hash for yourself. Hash rousing. It's some good shit, man.
0: Dude. but it? Listen, I'm going to steer us back one more time. Yeah, yeah yeah, me, yeah, 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 yeah. Just you know, for me. Just for me. And it. I love talking yeah, about weed, so I'm glad. we. I think we have a little bit more to cover on that as well. But No doubt, bro. Um... So I wanna like I guess come up to speed to like the last since I met you, maybe like five years, I don't know, probably oh, yeah. like With a Sando few years ago music. But, but yeah, say like five, ten years ago now. Like getting Word. into the mute like where did that hip hop yeah, and
1: Oh bro, so I uh, I used to play the alto saxophone. My mom went, you know, she had uh she was offered to go to Juilliard and some stuff came up so she didn't get to to finish, but she played at Carnegie Hall. She's a you know composer and always encouraged music. So I've had a musical ear my whole life. Um, I was on vacation down in Florida uh, with my family for her cousin's wedding and Hurricane Michael happened. I ended up being forced up to uh, Daytona, Orlando area, and stayed at this hotel. Ended up going out, having a case of beer and some pot, and I'm just looking for a place to chill. And I heard, like, you know, some beatboxing, some rapping. And it was Sando and his brother and some homies. It was the first time I ever met him. Uh, Gave him the beer and all that stuff. And uh, I was like, dude, let me hear what you got. Because, like, I was listening. That's pretty cool. And he started freestyling. And I'm like, holy crap. And then he showed me his song, Run Run. And I was like, yo, what? I'm like, who knows about you? And I'm looking. He's like, nobody. Nobody knows about this guy. I'm like, yo. I want to work with you. I was like, I don't know what we can do, but I believe in you. I was like, this is amazing. Like, I think you have a bigger purpose. And we did some ce 5 protocol meditation. You can check that out. Close encounters of the fifth kind, Dr. Steven Greer. Um, But yeah, we, we did some cool stuff. Saw some cool things happen. And uh, I said, call me for the next six months. You call me for the next six months. uh, We'll see what I can do for you. Right. In that time, it was funny. I watched this documentary on logic and Lenbo. Right. And And I was in construction.
0: My homies, dude. I was was my homies, but I I fucking love those guys. I
1: was in construction, and I'm like, damn, that seems... I was like, bro, what if I just found, like, my logic? Like, I was like, what if I just found...
0: Dude, you got inspired right quick on that. I was
1: like, what if I found my dude? Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm gonna offer him to live with me for a year. He can sleep on my floor. I was like, I can't pay him. But I was like, I make enough money. Maybe we can just go and do shit all the time. I ended up finding... So he came... So. He called me six months, did it, boom. I said, All right, bet I'm going to do this. I saved up my money and I flew him up here from yep. Houston, Texas. And he had an air mattress on my floor for a year in Piscataway, New Jersey. And we literally started going event to event and I stumbled into the Mad Minds. And
0: that's how, it. how? I was going online, looking through Instagram accounts. Wow, My, so you
1: just found it. Yes, I just found it through Instagram. For people like,
0: listening, Mad Minds, Turkish Royale, had him on the podcast. Yeah, shout he's, out to Turkish Royale. He's done a lot. He's done a lot. And shout out to every single person. Oh, everybody in Mad Minds. Oh, yeah. For me to list right 40 devon yeah.
1: everybody. I wouldn't, Toons, we wouldn't, no.
0: neither of us would be in the position. I mean, actually, yeah, uh, well... I wouldn't be here without Tyler at the vault, so. Oh, dude. i with you. I oh, wouldn't, wouldn't be here with you. Yeah, Yo, shout bro. out Tyler. Yo. Tyler shout was to you, the, brother.
1: Tyler, Tyler in the vault was the first studio that I approached to do mixing and mastering for Sando. Yes, and sir. then that's where, like, you know, NBM Franco came. I brought a lot of artists in there and, like, started to collaborate with all these people. Uh, Progress. Turk
0: and Progress, that's how I f- met them, is that they were inside, I think, um, They were all there recording, yeah. and I answered... Uh, King answered Lucy? Yep. Everybody, bro. And I answered a, a Instagram story that Tyler put up, and he was saying that, hey, we're looking for somebody to intern at the studio for free or hang out make content or whatever. I don't even know what it was. I guess it was just to have somebody hang out there and watch what's going on. So he said I could do it, and that's how I met all those guys. So you met oh, them through wow. just... Fig- just looking I, around. I and hired him a lot, and you also you yeah. hired him. You found the mad minds through yes. just figuring it out and looking it yeah. up. I
1: think it, might, it actually may have been maybe it was through the vault. Through
0: the vault. It that, may that have makes been. Because that that's have how been, I found them too. Yeah, dude, that studio. And it's like the the funny thing is too. It's not like Tyler meant for that to happen. It's just his studio was there. Oh, yeah. Is the place? It's His the studio term. is the place, dude. So. I have videos
1: uh, on my old account at JLX Entertainment. You can check where we were standing outside the vault, and it was like Turkish Royale, Sando, Tunes, King Lucy, uh, Progress. Um, oh, I have
0: the videos, and, dude.
1: Yeah, I think you were there. I have
0: the videos. Yeah. of them freestyling. Yeah, yeah. and freestyling. they were all in those crazy, circles, bro. like oh, just going God. nuts.
1: Oh man! And then there was those times where, like, with we, we Simon, we were in that other studio in Totowa, you know, mm-hmm. where there's
0: a picture of Meek Mills on the wall, and the- oh yeah, I wasn't in this one, but he's told me about this one. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, dude. I'm telling, and that was the crazy thing. We were in studios, bro. I so I had a lawsuit that I had gotten some money for, and you know, after my child support was paid out of that, I, you know, and a little bit I had left, I was like, hey, I need to invest in something. I don't know what I can do. So I was like, maybe I can put some money into this kid. So I made we made songs, try to get him ASCAP BMI, try to do things right. I approached some Odd Savage once too. I was I was so mad I didn't take the full package back then because he literally was willing to give game for a really good price, you know. And he had a system that he was trying to help people become empowered, you know, in their music and do things right. And you know, it wasn't that I was. It was just like, damn, I wish I had more resources you know Samad is another one but he was he's he, just
0: so damn cool he's so cool and he also is the nicest dude this dude doesn't even know me I'm like this guy's the man bro he's going up there ripping auto tune oh, he yeah. had his fiance or wife at the time with him oh, yeah. and I met both of them I'm like hey what's up and then I hit him up one day to be on the podcast dude this was this was like tunes level or before that in terms of one camera the whole thing you know it's like crazy man he still did it Oh yeah, and I you know told him he's got to get back on again. But like that now we're homies. But dude, just Samad, crazy, man. nicest
1: guy ever. Dude. dude, Samad did a huge, a huge. Fa- I guess it was a mutual favor back and forth because uh, I trying to get him an opportunity to perform right i work with a new york uh, group called ganja pigs and they were doing an event one night with like music and rappers and and freestyle and i'm like yo i know i know somebody i want to bring up here like because it's you know and i'm jersey and this is new york Mm. this is new york city another level and another game Sorry, i'm like yo i want to bring up uh, i want to bring up somebody worthy who's gonna hang and who's the performer and so i was like yo samad uh, John here era, you know, DJ Mad Max, uh, they're doing this thing, you know, French of the Gods there, a bunch of, you know, musicians there, they're all vending, and blah, 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 blah. You want to come up and perform and do your thing? He's like, Yeah, man, oh dude, thank you for this opportunity, da, 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 da. And, you know, so the event comes up and he comes in, and I remember, you know, everybody's, all these cannabis vendors have all their tables out and they're vending, and this is like, you know, this is our spot doing our thing, and, uh, he comes in, he has his this vocal, I guess his box, yes. you know, and he has his microphone. He
0: borrowed my 20-foot cord for that one time. That's yeah. how I know about this. And yeah. he has
1: all this stuff, and, you know, he's plugging in, he's setting up, and he's, he's like, starting his thing. He's like, oh, hold up, hold up, because nobody was, like, really paying attention. And then all of a sudden, like, he goes into his, his set, and I'm, and, like, everybody who was shopping stopped and turned. And I'm standing there in the corner. <laughs> I was just like... I was like, yo. I was like, oh, it's over. I was like, this is it. This is his moment. I was like, this is so fire. Vendors came everybody's phone came out. Yeah. It was it was a moment. I was like, holy crap. I was like I knew it. I was like I already knew he was wild. Mm-hmm. But he's here in New York and he's in like the yeah. he's in the he's in the This is the place where everybody's here's trying to compete. Everybody's here's like they have the one. They're the guy. But man, they had nothing but respect for him that day. They were like, yo, what's n I s numbers, numbers, numbers. And I was like, dude, that's so freaking cool. I was like, Yo, thank you for coming out. Thank you for showing up. You know, uh i hope that's you incredible. i hope you got benefit from this i like, yeah i can't pay but like and he's like nah dude this is awesome like thank you for that chance and and ever since then i've had so much respect and I, every event i've ever seen him at I always dab him up he always sees me you know we've seen each other at some after parties and stuff and he's just uh he 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 represents to me like a role model in the community 100%. like that these young artists need somebody like that representing yeah. um what motivation dedication and consistency can achieve mm-hmm. you know if that's your goal and that's your dream that's a freaking role model to follow.
0: That's why I've had Ethan Ross on twice now. I talk to him about oh, this yeah. a lot, too. And I talk to these... You know, It's like they know where they're at. Oh, yeah. They also know where they were. I so got a collab have, with him. They have, there you go. Yeah, we did a... I got a collab
1: with Sando. Uh, at, check this out. The Film School. Uh, it's on YouTube, Spotify, okay. all that. Uh, it was Ethan Ross. Uh, got, I paid for his feature, and I paid Twins Tom to do the the it. post-production. Uh, got, Super
0: talented. Out in L.A. now, dude, I think. Dude,
1: the price was beyond nice couldn't believe it uh Ethan Ross came so amazing for an amazing deal super
0: professional dude. So, uh he
1: crushed it and the beat the mastering I was just blown away I was like dude I'll work with him anytime um I think they shifted gears a little bit and went into a different kind of a genre at that time and so I don't know ethan's
0: but, in his own thing now yeah he's yeah, got, yeah, yeah. yeah like he that's what, what i was, was saying. He's so'm so like yeah because I'm like I'm I, I'm listening to the album and I'm used to the more pop yeah, Ethan Ross. And exactly. I'm like, yeah, I did like that. But now I'm happy that he's in his lane. Where I go, he's I'm actually it. not as much. Like, this isn't really my genre as much as the other one. Mm-hmm. But I'm more happy where that he's doing it now. Because I'm like, he's tapped into his. And Samad, too. Samad's not going anywhere with his sound, dude. Like, he, he has his sound. Like, oh, yeah. that's also why you look up to these people for where they're at, but you also look at their how they found their voice Be- oh, yeah. because that's one of the most difficult things to do as an artist is also hey rapping in the studio is one thing For sure. but if you get up in front of people if you don't have an energy there too you don't you haven't found that voice really that 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 thing inside of you that's that kind of bridges the gap between oh, yeah. your art and the world you know what
1: you're talking about i will encapsulate in one artist here in new jersey He's a, a very good friend of mine. And everything you just said is him. And that's Mir Fontaine. Mir Fontaine is the frickin goat. Southside shout out. Uh, he is a very good friend. He's done art for me. He's there's actually a piece of art on my page that he drew. He's an amazing artist, right? Uh, he did the gas watch in the woods, smoking the eternally lit blunt. Like this is straight. NFT. I didn't know he did that. Oh, my, bro. You should see his art. Right? I know his
0: music it, is great. Cra- I mean, I, he's his music's is acting incredible. Yeah. artist. Yeah.
1: Inspired, creative, mm-hmm. a truly gifted dude. Like I can't even begin to explain. Like I'm, that's why I'm so, I'm, I'm just waiting for the day that it's just like, wow, Yep. and he just pops everywhere you know he's got his 100k follower like he's got that He's he's got his the baby Rihanna I mean he's, the J. Cole got...
0: video that's how I found him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah down by the river bro that was mm-hmm. like the Bodega actually Bodega was a song dude that... no,
0: I just got put on Bodega one month ago had no what? idea I existed dude Cata- just got put on Merefontaine dude. Dude. He's, he's great so yeah, I so I Sando us. actually yeah. we
1: have a feature. Uh we've we've done about halfway collab part of that, you know. We've had some my grandfather passed away, so it got hard and I was bankrolling this this machine totally. And, um, you know, I don't I don't balk when an artist tells me his value. You know, if that's your value, if that's what you want, I'm gonna support you. And so you Or know, anything. It's like that's hey, it. that's what you're gonna get. And that's what I'm saying, like m- you know, Mir went into the vault. He goes, We're going into my vault for you, bro. And he went into his vault. And I, I'll share with you when we're done the beat, and I'll show you the clip. Um, he, he's That's actually a using a, a track and a beat that he was going to use. We went down to Pember- uh, Pemberton, New Jersey, to, and uh, oh, London. Uh, I got—I don't want to butcher the guy's name. He was an amazing producer. Uh, we went down there, and we did this. And I just remember, I'm sitting there like, yo, this is a Grammy. Like, this could be a Grammy. Yeah. Like, what, oh, my God. Like, dude, like, yo, Mir is wild. His voice, his vocals, his range, his... That's and, and what
0: I was so impressed with, man. And I his, catalog, dude, yeah. his
1: catalog, dude. His catalog is yeah. one of the best catalogs in New Jersey, hands down. I stand by that. I, testi- I testify that Muir Fontaine's catalog uh, yep. is one of the best yeah. in Jersey,
0: and I will put <laughs> money on that. Dude, <laughs> I, I believe that. yeah, And I know it to be true. I just got put on. This is the thing. I can't say I'm a long-term oh, yeah. fan. I can't say that. I knew who, oh, what his name oh, was. Oh, you
1: can't say that you got him his own string? I couldn't with, say with that. Your, with your team, with your, with your homies. Wait a minute. Could you
0: possibly I, say that?
1: I think I could say that, yeah. I, I believe in Mir so much, I connected some dots with a very good friend of mine, Smoke Better BK, Be- shout up. And shout out. Uh, Smoke Connoisseurs, um, and they created the strain, um, you know, this brand with him uh, called Skunkin' Donuts. Uh, so there's actually, you know, a brand, Mir Fontaine, um, you know, Skunk and donuts, and then even a second strain called iced coffee. (laughs) Yeah, and and so you know what? Just that that's it's. I'm not saying I created it or anything. It was just being able to bridge the gap between this creative force and this energy, this energy, and you know this legacy brand that has the power to support you know artists and musicians and people in the community and to come up with this cool idea to say, Hey, you know what? You wanna do it, we wanna support you. You know? Let's on the strength of both of us knowing Dirty Dang Jersey, let's come together and let's try this. And so yeah, there's all kinds of you fun. You gotta play.
0: bridge people, man. Yeah.
1: And and it was just fun because um, you know, I, I know Mirror mir is grateful. Mirror's grateful for it. And that's why I will always you know value his friendship and and value his opinion you know he showed me that that kind of like man yeah no i appreciate that bro that was dope that was a good look
0: yeah i mean i hope he knows podcasts if he ever needs one yeah no dude i would
1: love to have Mir like hook up with you bro i think uh you know what you do for the community like turning it back on you bro appreciate you man it's just
0: appreciate you like
1: i said I, i i follow you a lot and uh i i encourage uh our our brothers to teach brothers type thing like we need strong men to have a good voice and to teach the ability to articulate you know that passion you know your heart song if if this is a way to do it you know this is a model you know and uh like i said man i'm i'm excited to be on the show i'm excited to uh to see the process and yeah
0: I'm excited for you I don't know how much you can talk about it but for you to possibly you're going to be making some new styles of content in the future so
1: definitely got podcasts coming up that uh, I I definitely would like to you know say we'll hopefully be collaborating on and getting advising consulting and maybe production all kinds of cool stuff uh I have a, I have several companies that I'm working with that um, you know they're getting brick and mortar they're getting their buildings built you know so we'll we'll be at, we'll have locations to do stuff uh, we will have events to do remote you know podcast at I think um, you know one of my dreams is being able to be part of a cannabis real time news network right where we have like field teams and and independent reporters who are trained. Universally in an SOP about how to produce content that we can easily turn into something usable, into a format and a structure. It's like, hey, you want to work on our team? You need to do 60-second clips. You need to address X, Y, and Z, and it has to be, you know, your latitude, your longitude. Uh, we need all the metadata, blah, 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 whatever.
0: But that doesn't really exist in a form that most people know. Like, you know, High Times Magazine. You yeah. Know? yeah. You, but there's not a High Times Magazine of live. cannabis li- or... Live. News, yeah, live. Yeah,
1: live news. Like... Yeah. Every every hour it's updated, like, uh, like arrests, raids, you know, just full on what's going on in the state of cannabis, because um, it's crazy. A lot of people in the legacy and uh, cannabis industry make decisions based on false information that they heard from their buddy. And I don't want to see that happen. I want people to make informed decisions with like attorney level backed information just the same who can't afford it it's like why it's not fair that somebody who can afford an attorney oh yeah dude you gotta work hard. i'm not saying that if somebody's willing to to make the sacrifices to work just like tell them how like what are the rules mm-hmm. you know that's where can that's where the whole cannabis thing is crazy it's like you have all these big msos that can easily profit and uh, why are regular people going to jail for cannabis you know like they want to share their cannabis products with each other I see that as a okay, you know.
0: I mean, but you're pushing though. You're you're actually d- doing it. You're out <laughs> here. You're the you're the spokes one of these
1: spokes. One. I, I'm one of many there, yeah. I, and I I will I will always be very humble. But like you're not. This is best. not a this is not a front
0: or anything. No, like no, no. this is legitimately what we sure. do. You know. No,
1: absolutely. Yeah. No, I. Uh, and and to the point where I am seeking to do more and you know people like uh shout out sativa cross uh they're an organization you know they do some amazing stuff he's always fighting for you know handicapped disabled people's uh access to buildings you know making sure people uh who are disabled can you know get their via you know get themselves in places but they're also you know with, with cannabis they're huge cannabis advocates um there's a lot of people around the state doing a, a multitude of things uh wednesday mayor um and all of these people moving the marker forward mean that a new thought process is coming and it's cool you know like uh i follow another uh information group hetty and j it's a great source of information um magic mushroom uh legislation was just introduced again
0: oh yeah baby yeah
1: legalization we of, need that uh, yes we do listen dude um like I said, I'm in recovery, and one of the things that I am a proponent of is, you know, microdosing, and even, you know, taking a an eighth once in, you know, once every half a year, quarter year, whenever you need, yep. like, like that. Because that's been my spread, dude. The, re- the 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 result the day after of that oh, yeah. is, wow. It's like it's like a system upgrade. Like, you get a system upgrade, you step outside, you're looking back in. It cleans
0: the slate, you know? It it cleans off. It's like there's a bunch of shit in your room, and you just, like, cleared it all out. And now it's open, and you can see everything.
1: And I believe, personally, that had I been able to utilize mushrooms in a recovery setting under guidance and, you know, under protocols that make sure the products are safe or whatever... I think that that would have enhanced my recovery tenfold. You know, a lot of uh, the brain reset is, is like I said, resetting that reward. You know, like you can't always just go for the instant gratification. You know, um, that's where, you know, I don't want to say deny your, your pleasures, but you have to learn some self-discipline. You have to learn, and that's why I said the rational mode of thinking. You have to learn. It's not A to B anymore. You have to put in the other point so that like your thought process takes you away you may have to say okay instead of going right to my car i'm going to walk you know extra 10 steps and then go that way and then through this you're actually it's like why would i do this why would i make my life absolutely harder every day because you have to reprogram yourself like you physically have to hardwire Yourself to do something divergent to the bad habit that you have established. It's harder to break a bad habit than it is to make a new one. Oh yeah, like unlearning. You have to
0: (laughs) show the body that the mind is in control.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's tough when you like, especially people with insecurities and stuff. You know, like if you have insecurities and stuff, like it's tough. It's tough. You got to just cope. You You have to
0: push like past yourself, which is difficult for people to do.
1: And that's why I encourage, you know, like my goal would be to have either large consumption lounges that, you know, um, also double as kind of like gathering places for something like where we can have conversations, you know, people can come and talk about their experiences, you know, that's the one thing, unfortunately, with some of the recovery organizations, they, you know, they kind of condemn talking about cannabis you know it's almost like you're just on another drug so just please refrain from that and it's like come on (sighs) okay so like let's do a new one let's do like a cannabis inclusive one right i know some people i've heard the term out from california like california sober and i'm like all right i don't know
0: that's a cali term
1: yeah i'm like maybe cool i like cannabis inclusive recovery like Mm -hmm include it in your recovery make it a part of the regimen make it a part of
0: the newest uh recovery programs in terms of the most newly up-to-date will have the psychedelics the mdma you know i mean everything that's actually useful to treat this stuff that's now we've been suppressed even ketamine the 60s ketamine bro my mom, yeah,
1: my mom went to the Cleveland Clinic and had ketamine therapy in her spinal cord. Mm. They used it to interrupt the proteins, like some something with the proteins in your spine. And but she went on a k-hole. That was crazy. Yeah, that's right. incredible. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, to me, ketamine is a. I think it's actually classified as a psycho uh,
0: dissociative. Oh, it, it's, psychoactive. it's you can go you can go deep. For sure, you can go deep on that. Yeah. But you know, you need—they're gonna figure it out. Oh yeah, they're gonna figure it out. How to take around. a capsule or something. Fuck around and Dude, figure it out. Uh before we get out of here, man, is there is there anything? By the way, this was this is great. This was a lot of fun. Sure. I'm glad we went around because there's but, still a lot, I feel like there's still of course, most of the topics to cover for next time, so we got some ammunition for the next one Absolutely, as well. bro. Um, but yeah, really appreciate it, man. Is there anything that you want to cover or touch on or...
1: Yeah, no, we got some cool stuff coming up uh, January 12th through the 17th, me and my uh, videographer agent buddy over here, Nick, uh, we're going to be out in Vegas doing Glass Vegas. Um, big shout out to Highly Elevated Glass, my new, uh, one of my new main teammates uh really taking the time to to invest in me uh, we had a great christmas together they've been showing nothing but loyalty they have some amazing glass i look forward to being able to teach people um i'm always looking for people to join the Squatch pack uh, i'll put that out there if you enjoy good quality craft cannabis and uh, you want to expand your network your resources i have a discord um you know hit my link tree up on my page i have all kinds of information it'll be uh, all linked to yeah it. absolutely and uh yeah man uh make music i'd anybody if you need that voice so nice let me know
0: you gotta be like a you gotta do uh voices one two, or something you gotta oh yeah make a voice acting. that's profile. what i'm saying hey no nah, but you, you're already yeah. getting into acting you'll be fine yeah. You Go yeah you know, i want
1: to do voice acting though yeah. so maybe you could teach
0: Hell yeah. Show me the way. I've made $80 voice acting, so. No doubt. (laughs) That was my first freelance job ever. It was a dark and stormy night. (laughs) (laughs) Mine wasn't. I wish mine was more exciting. It was a covered bridge, so, Uh, from the 1800s. Okay. Not as cool. No Um, doubt. There were herbs involved in it, though. It wasn't wasn't weed. It was some other fucking herb, but you got to get into the industry, man. They might have you doing weed voice acting. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, dude. Cannabis commercials? Hell yeah. Your voice comes on, your high shit. Like, wait, what? What's
1: up? It's your guys? boy with the joy, double E J, dirty dang jersey, the NJ Sasquatch, the Puerto Rican Sasquatch. <laughs> Let's leave him on that, Chico. Have a good one, my brother.
0: Dude, thank you. We're here. We're doing it. We did it, boys. Let's go. Thank you both, my Nick and brother B, in the building as well. The homies here today. Appreciate, Appreciate y'all. y'all. And uh, Jinx. That's it. another episode of Bobcast you know the deal Dirty Dank New Jersey here today and all of the links and everything uh, in the description having to do with him that link tree and everything make sure you go hit up the discord too and there's we're going to be working on a few things in the future here so I'm excited for that as well so let's do it man Um, ladies and gentlemen I say it every time I say it again Thank you so much for tuning in, especially on the video version that we have as well. And we are on all of the platforms that you consume your podcast, even the ones nobody uses. And we'll catch you on the next one there. Yeah. Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate you listening today. The only thing I ask is if you could please share this show. We're gaining a lot of traction online now in terms of what the uh, Instagram clips are doing. So we want to just keep the momentum going and get better and better guests so we can improve the quality, improve the conversations, and all that happens with you. Uh, None of this would be possible Uh, without the people who support this show. So please share the episode, uh, whether that's on your social media or with a friend. Really appreciate it. So make sure to tune in next Monday as well and catch the video version on YouTube. All right, we'll see you on the next one. Peace!